Hello and welcome to another episode of Offbeat Grad. Happy Thursday. I hope you've had a productive week. I am currently angry because I have waited hours to record this because a group of children, aka the youth of today, aka teenagers of unclear ages, have been partying in the pool area and it's like 9 p.m. It's a school night. I just have a lot of questions. Why do they have a soccer ball in the pool area? Like, not in the pool, like, in the pool area. Like, they are playing soccer in the patio where they could be playing soccer literally anywhere else. But, um, questions will never be answered. <laughs> the, the confusion about my neighbors will just be an endless conundrum for us all to marvel at together. So today I'm recording this early like I usually do when I, I'm kidding myself, I never record this early. I'm recording this early because I'm going on a mini vacation this week that I booked yesterday. So I have my life together, I think you can tell. And after last week, I wanted to thank everyone who said kind things about my journey into freelancing yet again, and how I basically am reevaluating my entire life, um, constantly having a crisis, and the usual. So I thought today, in, in, in honor of that, I will do an episode about setting boundaries as a blogger or freelancer. And you know, your girl has problems with boundaries. This has been a trouble my whole life, in my love life, in my personal life, in my work life, just in life in general. So becoming a freelancer was maybe not the best choice for me when it came to boundaries. And it has been a two-year struggle of finding boundaries. And I would be lying if I said that I was the boundary genius over here because I am not do, do not do what I do do not work at 9 p.m at night like I am literally right now that is ironic that I'm filming a filming recording a podcast all about boundaries as I work into the late hours of the evening but I would like to blame my neighbors for that and also my impromptu trip so let's talk a bit about freelancing this also applies to blogging I don't know why I always choose one so by 2027, more than half of American workers, 58%, are expected to have some kind of experience as an independent contractor. So whether you work a traditional job, you vlog on the side, you have a side hustle, you have your own business, or you just like remote work sometimes, like odds are you are going to deal with this at some point. So pay attention, take notes. And one third of professionals around the world say that work-life balance is becoming more difficult to find because excessive overtime, lack of flexibility, all these things are the reasons why people decide to leave jobs. And 24% of people say that they would actually take a pay cut in order to telecommute or work freelance. So I definitely agree. <laughs> I agree 100% and I get it. So a lot of people choose to become freelancers or bloggers or business owners because they want more flexibility with their life. But the issue is when you have a nine to five, it's really easy to disconnect your job from your home life. Usually, unless you're me and you panic about things all the time and you'll be sitting there at 2 a.m. You'll be like, did I send that email correctly? Was there a typo on, on line three? And that'll keep you up at night. But if you're a normal person, you probably don't struggle with those feelings. And it's definitely a lot easier to compartmentalize like your work life and your personal life. Unless you're me, because I never could. But if you could, then great. But the issue is, as a freelancer, you don't get that, like, separation. 
and most people work from home as a freelancer or a blogger, obviously. So that's an issue. So when you own a business, you know it's entirely your responsibility. Like if you stop working, you don't make money. So that creates a lot of issues and a lot of stress because you feel a lot of guilt when you're not working. You're like, if I don't answer this email at 2 a.m., like will I not eat next week? Like these are the questions you get. And it, you just honestly, you might think it's better to run yourself ragged, be available 24 seven and always be on, but that's not good because when you do that, not only are you not keeping professional relationships with your clients or your brands or people you're networking with, but you're also just like running straight towards burnout. And I was there. I, that's why I had a breakdown and I had to stop working for that client was because I, I let it get to that point. Like I should have intervened sooner to <laughs> take actions to distance myself from them but instead I just was like oh no I gotta keep working because like I need money so we'll just keep working and then I hit a wall and I couldn't do it anymore so you too will hit that wall and you don't want to and you also need boundaries just to keep your personal life and your business life separate because as freelancers and bloggers like it can overlap a lot and you just need to keep it at arm's length sometimes you can be like now I'm in business mode now I'm in personal mode and just like have that very clear so what are the things that affect boundaries so some things like clients demanding your attention like 24 7 your girl dealt with that <laughs> or feeling like you can't take a day off like if you are a freelancer or a blogger there's no paid time off that's like one of the biggest issues with the job is if you have a traditional nine to five or even just a regular job in any kind usually you have some kind of ability to take days off usually it's paid time off that will never happen as a blogger or a freelancer unless you have passive income, but odds are it's not going to work out perfectly. So there's a lot of pressure that you can't take days off because if you're not, if you take a day off, you're not going to get paid. So that's really stressful. And then another issue that affects boundaries is social media. This is especially for bloggers, but it can feel like social media is no longer like relaxing. It's no longer just something fun to do in your free time because it's part of your business. So now scrolling through Instagram to someone who doesn't work online might be just a fun thing to do to unwind after a long day but for you if you work on Instagram or you use Instagram to network or find clients or just be active in the community find your audience like that can start to create an issue because now Instagram isn't relaxing it's not fun and it's just it feels like more work is what I'm saying so how are you going to set these mystical boundaries? Like I am personally taking a vacation this week, basically from Tuesday, no, it is Tuesday right now, from Wednesday until Saturday because I won't be back till Sunday. So that's gonna be a little confusing. So how do I create boundaries so that I don't feel like I need to work all the time when I'm away from home? So here are my tips. I do use most of these, so I'm not a complete failure, but I will talk to you about my personal experience as we go through them. So the first one is to have set working hours. So this is the biggest one. If you do nothing else on the list, do this one. So first of all, your working hours do not need to be nine to five. That was a big one for me because when I first got started, I felt a lot of guilt if I wasn't working the traditional eight hour nine to five shift. I was like, I'm not really working. Like this isn't real life. This isn't a real business because I'm not working nine to five. 
But what really matters more than that is when you are most productive. So that's different for everyone. I am very productive in the afternoons and the early evening. I know this about myself. I also sometimes am productive after 10 p.m. Is this healthy? Probably not. But those are when I am most productive. So knowing that will help me schedule my workday better. So I'm more likely to go to the gym or schedule errands in the morning because those are times when I have a really hard time turning it on. I think one of the big perks of being a freelancer is having that freedom to do things in the middle of the day sometimes. So I walk my dogs like a long time. My dogs. I have one dog in the morning or I go to the grocery store when it's not crowded and like all of these things are a perk of the job. So I let myself do those. Like I'm totally entitled to those freedoms. If that means that I work a little bit later in the evening, that's fine with me because I like to sleep in. I like to go to Target at 10 a.m. These are the things that make my life easier, so I focus on those. So forget about the nine to five. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you get your work done on time and you have set hours. So maybe for you, that means no work after 10 p.m. Maybe for you, that means I don't work on the weekends or I take Wednesdays off. Like whatever it is, stick to it. And that means you do not contact clients outside of these hours and you don't need to respond when they contact you. I have a hard time with this, but I'm trying to get better at it. And sometimes you have to train your clients because they might have access to you 24 7 and suddenly you take that away what you just need to do is you email them and you say hi like i am really um working on my work-life boundaries so now my set office hours are from x time to y time um please note that i will only be able to respond during these times something like that is perfectly fine to say and it's normal because like a normal business you wouldn't like call your doctor's office at like 2 a.m and be like why aren't they answering that's not a normal business relationship so you shouldn't think that your clients would expect the same of you. Another thing is that you don't need to work eight hours a day. As a freelancer or a blogger, you might find yourself working a different kind of schedule, not just a difference from the nine to five, but just different in that the hours that you're working are more valuable. So you're working smarter, not harder. So when I worked in a traditional desk job, a lot of the time was spent in meetings or in stupid stuff, honestly, just stupid stuff that wasn't really contributing to anyone's success. So I was losing a lot of hours not being productive just because the traditional workplace isn't always built up to work smarter, not harder. So if you find yourself finishing things in five hours instead of eight hours, that is completely fine. That doesn't mean you need to go commit extra time to doing X, Y, and Z. Like you totally can sometimes, but I think in general, if you're working really on for a certain period of time, like that's acceptable. You don't need to be like, oh no, I haven't, I haven't hit that eight hours. Like that eight hours means nothing. So forget about it. (laughs) And then last but not least, um, consider your client's time zone. So if you're a freelancer in particular, and you are talking to clients in a specific time zone, like a certain part of the US, like, or even in Europe or a different part of the world, consider that when you're creating your working hours, obviously be reasonable. But honestly, if you're working with a lot of clients in Europe or something, you might want to start your day a little bit earlier, maybe end it earlier. Or if you're working like I live on the East Coast, sometimes I work with clients on the West Coast. So in that case, I might start my day a little bit later and end it a little later. Just an extra food for thought, y'all. Next, (laughs) that's my biggest thing. So if you do nothing else, stick to working hours. But next is the most relevant to what I'm doing right now, which is prepare for vacation. So like I said, You don't have PTO, you don't have any time off, but that doesn't mean you can't still take vacation. But you need to prepare, probably a little bit more than if you had a traditional 9-to-5 job, though I still prepared then. So basically I have a whole podcast episode on this topic 
specifically, but the main points here are that you can save money in advance or accept more work in advance leading up to vacation. So like for instance, I know that I'm going to France next month, so I'm actively pursuing more opportunities right now so that I can get some extra money before then. But if you have long-term clients or like people you work with, um, letting them know in advance like maybe a month or even two months in advance that you have travel dates coming up and that if they have work that they need scheduled in that time, could they please give it to you um, earlier so that you're able to make sure everything is delivered on time. Most of the time that is completely fine and they usually enjoy you thinking so far ahead and that can be a great way to basically make up for that lost time so that you're not really missing out on a lot of income and it also just helps <laughs> with everyone's schedules. And then finally, if you work like a blog or any kind of social media, make sure you schedule things in advance so you don't have to think about them when you're traveling. I hate being like, I gotta go publish something when I'm traveling, it makes me angry. So don't make yourself do that. Um, have things written in advance, there's great scheduling tools, and then you can legitimately unplug, which is really valuable. So next. My next tip is not to mix work and personal time. So I am bad at this, but basically the first thing is don't procrastinate your work to do personal stuff. So while I do think it's totally cool to go to the gym or do errands or do random things during the workday that you might not be able to do if you didn't work a freelancer or a blogging job, um, try not to procrastinate too much. I always think that work comes first. So I that calculate how long it'll take me to do something and I make sure I have enough time for that in my day. But it's really easy to just sort of let that slide if you think, oh, I'll just make up for it later, like I have the whole day. That's probably not the case. It's usually better to get it out of the way, especially if you want to procrastinate with something like binging TV or like running errands. These things are fun, <laughs> but they really distract us from the workday. And that's one of the unique problems of working from home is that you're constantly surrounded by these home life distractions and you need to find a way to just be like, I'll do that later. So for me, I the best way to get around this is to schedule breaks. So I usually take an hour off for either lunch or dinner, depending on when I start working for that day. And that's when I let myself watch TV, watch YouTube, um, walk my dog, go to the gym, like eat food. Um, I try to get all of that out within that hour and then usually I'm ready to focus again when we get back to work and that helps me avoid like the endless spiral of being distracted and the same goes for when I'm running errands I try to get that done before I start working um, because if I try to mix it in with my work day I know that for me I have a hard time getting back into the work day so getting that done either before or after helps me just keep working and not have to worry about stopping. So figure out what that means to you and try not to mix your work and personal time. Next, create a separate office space. So I live in a one bedroom apartment. It's like 500 square feet. It's tiny as heck. So this is something that isn't easy and I get it because if you live alone or if you live just with a significant other or if you live at home with your parents it can be really it's not like you have a ton of extra space lying around and a lot of times on those freelancer forums there's always like you need your own office if you're not working from your own co-working space in the fancy building and you're not paying rent on your office space like you're not a real freelancer and I would like to beg to differ because I have been working on my tiny little target desk for three years now and it's served me well. So I think it's fine as long as you create a separate space. So don't use the living areas in your home as your workspace. What I mean by that is don't work in bed, 
this is hard for me. I only work in bed when I'm sick or do not work on the couch. A lot of freelancers like to brag that they work on the couch, but I think that's a no-go, y'all. Don't do it because it really makes it hard for you to turn your mind off later in the day if you're just chilling on the couch because your mind will be like, this is when I work, but it's not. So if you don't have a desk, I would recommend using like a dining room table. Use a special space. If you can have a desk, I have my desk literally next to my bed. It's also my bedside table because I have no space. So that's fine for me because I only use my desk for work. If I'm sitting in this desk in this weird corner of my room, I'm working. I'm not doing anything else. So that really helps me be like, this is work time. And <laughs> if I move a foot over to the right, it's sleep time. So do what you can to separate your office space. If you have your own room that you can use as an office, like hashtag dream life, then that's amazing. But <laughs> if you have a one bedroom like me, then do the best you can and don't beat yourself up about it. Next, have two credit cards. This is sort of random when it comes to boundaries, but financial boundaries count too. So try not to use the same accounts for your business expenses that you use for your personal expenses. So I actually don't have a business credit card yet. I have been meaning to get one forever. But what I do is I use a PayPal account that I only use for business expenses. So it's tied to my name, obviously. But it's my PayPal account that I use. I use it for like recurring expenses and for getting payments as a freelancer. Usually I'm paid through PayPal. And that just helps me when tax season comes around and I need to tally everything up. Having it all in one spot makes it so simple to just go through it really quickly instead of having to dig through like my personal spending. So I 10 out of 10 recommend that no matter what level of freelancer you are, it's very easy to get a business credit card or like a business bank account um, as long as you are in, in a sole proprietor. If you are an LLC, you can do that too. You just need all that ID numbers and whatnot. So it's really, really easy to do it. I don't know why I, I keep putting it off, but it. I feel like before I researched it, I thought it was really complicated. It is not. So definitely consider that just because it's another important boundary that we don't always think about. All right, second to last thing is to set an email schedule. So what I mean by this is to keep your work email separate from your personal email if possible. Sometimes I give up one of my personal emails as my freelancing email. I don't know why I do this. I like to torture myself, but this is a mistake because that just makes it so easy for them to get in touch with you. And I think you want clients to have a really easy time getting in touch with you, but like only to a certain extent. So try to get your own email for your freelancing accounts and everything and turn off alerts. So those office hours I was talking about earlier, that's when you check your email. Or maybe you only check your email twice a day or maybe only on weekdays. Like whatever your email schedule is, stick to it and don't feel the need to respond to emails right away. I struggle with this so much. Like I'll be out in public and I'll get an email from a client and I will like stop what I'm doing, let it ruin my day and just respond to it. And I, I know that this is something I need to stop. So what I've actually done is I turned off the notifications and I got a separate app on my phone for this email account and I don't look at it. <laughs> and that's the only way I could do it because I can't do boundaries any other way. I had to physically remove it from my, my personal email to just get that distance because I know that I personally will not be able to stop myself from responding. So if you do keep it on your phone, which I see why you would, 
turn off those notifications. They don't owe you anything. And just check it during those times when you've already planned to check it. And if they contact you at a random time with an emergency, like, that's honestly none of your problem. Um, they know when your office hours are. And if they aren't respectful of those, then <laughs> you can't really deal with that. So don't be like me because I have had so many days out ruined by client emails. And it's, it's honestly horrible. And I wish I could get that time back because... That sucks. <laughs> so, fun facts for me. Don't do that. Last but not least, keep your personal information personal. So, I made an oopsie. Uh, last week, I gave a client a phone number of mine. Like, I have several phone numbers. Um, I gave them my phone number, my personal phone number, because we were doing a client call, and I hate Skype. So, I was like, just call me here. But now I realize that I don't really like this because... He also gave me his number, and that's, like, fine, but I don't want us to have a texting-calling relationship because there are very slippery slopes when it comes to the boundaries there because texting doesn't have a way. I can't turn that off. He can text me at any time with a question or, or concern or a new project, and I don't really want us to have that kind of relationship. Not to say that he is going to take it that far. Honestly, he might never text me again. I'm just saying it could happen. So I would avoid giving your personal phone number to clients, or if you do give it to them, um, set clear boundaries. Be like, I'm only available during these hours, and set that boundary up right away. Don't ever respond to them if they overstep your boundaries. Don't like feed into it. So if they do end up texting you at like 7 p.m. after your operating hours, just don't respond <laughs> until it's time to start working again. And then you can and just remind them that you won't be available after certain hours. And that should be completely acceptable. And another thing that goes along with this, other than just the phone number, is don't share your personal accounts with clients. Um, sometimes you'll have separate social accounts or separate whatever. Um, I think it's good to keep those things separate because that's just another line of communication for them. You don't really want them, like, into your personal life too much. Like, I don't need them to know my day-to-day -day life, um, especially me on Instagram because I call out clients like nobody's business. Like, if someone does something dumb, I'm talking about it. So I don't, <laughs> I don't need that. I'm not saying that you need to, like, keep your accounts private because you're, like, talking about people behind their back. But what I'm saying is you just need boundaries. Like, you probably wouldn't add your boss on your Instagram account. So it should be the same with clients. Although I don't think clients are your boss. But basically, you just don't need that. Like, they, they're not your friends. They're, it's a professional relationship. So don't treat them like friends is all I'm saying. So hopefully that made sense. And then just adjust as needed. If, if any of those sounded dumb to you, just forget about them or adjust as needed. Imagine that. So thank you for listening to today's episode. The kids outside are still screeching. I don't know why they're not in bed. It's 9 p.m. Shouldn't they be in bed? And <laughs> it's getting to the end of my office hours. So I'm about to call it a night after this. So I hope you all have a very productive week. Check out the blog post associated with this on um, offbeatgrad.com. And I will talk to y'all next Thursday. Have a lovely week.